What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Hit the Books podcast. For episode 33, we got a great review of the NFL draft. Lots of NBA and NHL playoff action going on. Let's get right into it and introduce my co-hosts, Huff and Mackie. Mackie, why don't you start us off this week? Going on, boys. Got a lot to talk about this week with uh, a lot of NFL. You know, we got the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. So, uh, lots to talk about this week. Take it away, Huff. What's happening, buddy? What's going on? Back for another week, episode 33, as you said. Uh, like Mackie said, a lot to get into. NFL draft, NHL, and NBA playoffs. A uh, little bit of MLB news coming out this week, and another week in sports. Favorite time of year, honestly, for me. NHL, NBA playoffs, get some baseball in the action. Love this time of year. Great time of the year. Huff, do you want to lead us off in our draft talk? Yeah, we're going to get uh, straight in some, right into the NFL draft. A couple of the big moves coming out. Obviously, we saw, you know, going into this NFL draft, everyone was talking about how it wasn't too hyped up of a draft. There wasn't, it wasn't very, you know, there wasn't a lot of star-studded guys. Like, obviously, you know, there's a year where one quarterback goes in the first round, you know, is a year usually that doesn't get too many, you know, good reviews. ESPN and all these NFL draft analysts, they like to see all the quarterbacks go in the top five. And obviously this year we saw all defense go in the top five, which is a first time in NFL draft history that five defensive players were selected in the top five picks. So definitely a lot coming out of this NFL draft. Also, uh, we heard a lot of the, the trades getting called around. This was the first time. nine There was nine trades in the first round of the NFL draft, uh, the most in the first round since 2004. So a lot of teams moving around, moving up, moving back, getting players, you know, uh, obviously a couple big names moving around. Debo staying with the 49ers. Obviously, that's not set in stone, but not going anywhere on draft night or draft weekend. A lot to get into. One of the trades to start us off was uh, the Ravens trading star wide receiver Marquise Hollywood Brown in a third round pick to the Arizona Cardinals in exchange for the 23rd overall pick. In this year's draft, the Ravens then traded the 23rd overall pick to the Buffalo Bills, who utilized that pick to select cornerback Kyrie Lom from Florida, who actually was a pretty nice player for Florida. He missed some time, but good pick for the Bills, who addressed you know, one of their couple problems with the defensive backs. I know they have guys like Trey White, Micah Hyde, but they're looking to get some depth players with a very tough, you know, the skill team that Buffalo has, and uh, obviously they're uh, Super Bowl hopes going into next year, looking to address some of, the mi- some of the minor issues that that team has, and they went out and got a defensive player that they needed. Mackie, what do you think about Hollywood going to Arizona? I guess we'll start with that. Yeah, I don't really know much about this cornerback uh, from Florida, but I think this is really good for this, for this Cardinals team, especially if with uh, DeAndre Hopkins out six games, need someone to fill in. But when he gets back, this, this two, uh, wide receiver duo is going to be lethal, especially with Kyler Murray and his... Um, his ability to run the ball. So, you know, you can't really double-team these guys. You can't double-team both of them, at least. So, it'll be good for them in a tough division. Yeah, and the news coming out that DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the first six games of the season with the suspension for PEDs or for the NFL's violation of the performance-enhancing drug policy, however you want to word it. But, yeah, I think Hollywood's going to be a good fit in Arizona. Obviously, with the run-heavy offense that you know you get in Baltimore, receivers tend to not get a lot of touches. But it seemed like whenever he was getting the ball in Baltimore, it was a lot of the vertical routes and the deep routes that Lamar was kind of able to just send the ball up in the air and Hollywood would go and get it. But, you know, I'm interested to see what he's able to do with a quarterback with a better arm in Kyler Murray. But like you said, with D-Hop on the other side of the field or – Kyler Murray under the gun. James Conner had a nice season last year. Zach Ertz. Arizona Zach Ertz, a, yeah. Arizona has a nice little team. I, I think Chase Edmonds actually left in free agency. I could be wrong. But, you know, they still have everyone on the defensive side of the ball. They lost Chandler Jones. They still have J.J. Watt and Buda Baker. But Arizona playing in a tough division, you know, they address one of their issues, I guess. I don't know. Like, if I was a team and you traded away your first-round pick and you brought in Hollywood Brown, like, I guess I'm excited about that, but like Hollywood Brown's not necessarily like one of those receivers. I'm like, damn, we went and got Hollywood Brown. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, he's not like Debo. Like, that's what I mean. Like, for example, or AJ Brown going to Philly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not like, but I mean, obviously, the I think the Ravens. You know, I don't know if they necessarily won that trade. I think it was more of a money move. You know, and then they moved back in the draft, kind of just getting more at assets later on, but. 
Yeah, I think, they, I think it was mutual. I think both teams kind of benefited from that trade. Marquise yeah. Brown wanted out of Baltimore, so. Every receiver wants out of there after five years. Yeah, it's tough in that system, especially with Lamar at the quarterback position now. Yeah. A guy like Debo would be so good there. That's been saying that for weeks. Like, I don't know how they're not the front runner to get him now that they just got rid of him. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, he would fit. Yeah. I know he keeps saying all this, I don't want to play running back. But, like, dude, you go to Baltimore and you play half running back, half receiver, they're untouchable. If Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I don't know why he's being so stubborn about that. Because he wants to get – because, like, Le'Veon and all these guys are telling him, like, you, dude, they're only going to pay you as one position. Like, Debo wants to get paid as a receiver, receiver, because he knows he's not going to get paid as a receiver and a running back because he would have to set the market for – you know what I mean? Like, basically, like – what. He wants to be paid as a top class wide receiver or a top tier wide receiver and then like a mid range running back. What do you do? Give him I don't know, what does Devontae Adams make? Like eighteen, twenty million, twenty five million? I don't even know. Yeah. I think and then, what, like you, and then what are you gonna Yeah, and then what are you gonna do? Add nine million on top of that because he also plays running back? Like that's what these players and the teams are kinda indirectly telling him. They're like, dude, we're not paying you as both positions. So like a lot of these guys are being like, Debo, don't even kill yourself carrying the ball. Just go play wide receiver, get paid every Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, don't kill yourself. You know, don't Yeah, but I don't off. think – I don't think – I think taking that aspect away from his game makes him a lot less valuable of a player. He's nothing – I, I don't agree. think he, he's as special if he's not playing both positions. I agree. It's, it's just the fact that – the reason that he is so special is because he can, you can incorporate him in you – can, you can incorporate him in any single play in the offense. Any like single Cordero play. Patterson in Atlanta right now. Yeah, yeah, he's just a, except Debo's obviously a little more. I know, but I'm saying it's a similar, and, similar situation. It's a wide receiver that you know found the running back position and ability to just get their get the ball in their hands, and them just be a playmaker and a freak athlete. Where you know you have to get them on the ground, and they're just a better athlete than you. So they're like I'm comparing Debo and Cordell Patterson. I'm just more using their you know position their, kind of their situations. Right yeah. yeah, so it's like. It works out for a lot of guys. Debo obviously being a much better wide receiver, but you got to remember when Cordero was a lot younger, he was like that kind of flashy player. Yeah, in Minnesota. Yeah, that's true. They remind me a lot of each other. I mean, yeah, obviously I Cordero think, Patterson's had a lot of injuries. I just think after watching Debo in the playoffs, that his he's so good though. His value due to, to an organization as like a. Dual that's, dual threat player I mean. is just. If he would be a dual threat player, imagine what Green Bay or Baltimore would pay San Francisco for him. Exactly. He he should just go. He should go play with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know why that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, either of those teams should be the front runners, and neither of them are. The Jets. <laughs> like, I get you want to play with your coach, dude, but don't you want and, to win a Super his Bowl? career? Just doesn't make sense. But obviously, the main. Out of coming out of the NFL draft, the number one overall pick, Jacksonville Jaguars select uh, Georgia tight or defensive end Trayvon Walker, um, and then obviously the Detroit Lions sitting at number two go with Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end from Michigan, who was the kind of favorite to go number one overall all summer or all off season long, I guess you would say, and um, until Trayvon, about a week before, yeah, until about a week before Trayvon Walker ends up jumping him and. Ends up going one to the Jags. Yeah, I mean, Trayvon Walker was obviously a huge part of that best defense in the country last year, the Georgia Bulldogs. So, you know you know what he brings to the table. You know what he has to offer. But um, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know much about Aiden Hutchinson. I didn't watch a lot of Michigan, Michigan football this year. Yeah. I watch a lot of – I feel like a, a lot of his, like, highlights on ESPN and stuff like that with Michigan. But Michigan didn't – I mean, they had a nice year, and I watched him in the college football playoff. He had a nice game. But, obviously, going from Michigan to Detroit, that's a cool story. We've had – you know, you see a couple of those throughout the draft with the Steelers with Pickett. But, yeah, so Jaguars get their guy, their star pass rusher, and the Lions get their guy, so – we already talked about some of the receivers moving around. I mentioned wide receiver A.J. Brown getting traded from the Tennessee Titans to the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for the 18th overall pick and a third-round pick in this year's draft. Brown would then immediately sign a four-year, $100 million extension with the Eagles. 
like literally 10 minutes after the deal was announced that deal got announced. Yeah, I think this is really big for the Eagles. They needed that star-studded receiver. I just hate the Eagles. I just never think they're going to be good. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to be, like, too good this year. I still think Dallas wins this division. Yeah, I just feel like, I just feel like, I don't know. Like, A.J. Brown, like, $100 million for A.J. Brown, $25 million a year. I just, I don't, I'm not paying him that. Feels like he request a trade. Huh? Did he, was he requesting for a trade? Basically. everything He did everything but walk in the front office and say, I want to be traded. <laughs> yeah. So what, so what it was was his, age, his agent that, I think his name's like Tony Danby or something. He's the same guy that represents Debo, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, and D.K. Metcalf. So the same dude represents all four of these star receivers, and it just turns out that three of the four are unhappy with their contracts right now and want traded. Yeah. One already got traded and got his new deal. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with McLaurin and what happens with Debo. Obviously, we know what's going on with him. He's very vocal about wanting out of San Francisco. So I'm interested it's not going to happen, though. Guys. I think they're going to keep him. Yeah, I think so, too. Do you think he holds out? No. I think it, he'll play too. I just think he's going to be a little bitch about the plays they call. He's not going to play running back. You think so? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think he's going to be like, they all feel a little entitled. So obviously he's going to, no, he's he's going to do something. Like he's not going to be like all, all in on this team, but uh, he's going to go out in the field every game. Yeah. Still show what he's worth. Especially because it looks like they're keeping Garoppolo. Like you guys could run the same system next year. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't it work? It got you to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Super Bowl or, or a NFC Championship. Yeah, NFC Championship game. But Ohio State star wide receivers Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave hear their names called in back-to-back picks, with Wilson being selected tenth overall by the Jets, and Olave going eleventh overall to the Saints. Jets had a nice draft, getting Sauce Gardner fourth. And then Garrett Wilson, 10th. Like I said, I was bashing the Jets a couple minutes ago, but I just am not a Zach Wilson fan. But they have some nice players coming in with Gardner and uh, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I would say Jets had one of the best best drafts in the NFL this this year. I mean, you have the fourth and the 10th pick. Yeah, you got to take advantage pretty, of it. Yeah, yeah. And obviously you can't – obviously we don't know what any of these players are going to do, but like – I love like, I love when they give teams like a draft grade, like a letter grade. It's like, what do you mean? Like you're literally yeah, right? you're basing that letter grade off of where Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper had that player supposed to go. Yeah, you know what so, I mean. That's, Some that's of those awful. were so ridiculous. All that shit is all bullshit. It's so stupid, but like I love it. Like I like to be like, with the, oh, the Steelers got an A. That's good. You know, I'm hype. You know what I yeah, mean? but if they, get an, if they get an F, oh, this is all fake. Yeah, you're like, dude, this is such bullshit. Who's right? <laughs> it's like a win-win. You're you're never worried about it. Green Bay Packers then select Georgia inside linebacker Quay Walker in the late in the first round, um, electing to yet again not get Aaron Rodgers their guy. Uh, then they had another pick later on in the second round. Uh, they go with Georgia defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt, 28th overall. Packers make history with this selection, being the first team to ever select two defensive players from the same school in the same round of the NFL draft. Packers, with these two selections, also choose to yet again not get Aaron Rodgers' weapons he needs in the first round while boosting the defensive side of the ball in Green Bay. The offense is looking for weapons with the departures of Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They did end up going out and getting, I forget the name of the receiver they got in the second round, Christian Wilkins, I believe is his name. Forget where he's from, but supposedly be pretty nice receiver. They did go trip move up to get him early on in the second round, so they did go get Rodgers uh, a weapon. But yet again, the ongoing joke is the Packers' only first round offensive player that they've picked in the uh, past so many years is Jordan Love. So um, yet again, another year they don't go get a receiver in the first round, even though they do early on in the second. Mackie, what do you think of this? You still think Debo could go there? I know we just said he might stay, but. I don't think anyone's going to offer the Niners what they want. 
at this point. So I think Debo's not going to go there, but Dude, I don't know. I they, think like what do they want? He's not Devontae Adams. He's not DeAndre Hopkins. Somebody like, offered him. I think the Jets offered him like the fourth pick or something for for him straight up, and they said no. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have taken that either. Yeah, that's not really a good offer, but fourth and tenth. Yeah, I would have taken their deal, their first round. I'd be like fourth and tenth, especially for a guy that wants out. You got to get rid of him sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Get something for it at least. Yeah, you got to get rid of him. And my Pittsburgh Steelers select Pitt quarterback, ACC Player of the Year, Heisman finalist Kenny Pickett with the twentieth overall pick. Pickett coming from the University of Pittsburgh already has a large following in the city. Pitt, the Steelers passing up on Liberty quarterback Malik Willis, who I was talking about. I wanted them to go with, uh, making my take look almost stupid, but who eventually would end up drafted 86th overall by the Tennessee Titans, being the third quarterback taken. I'll start. I'm excited for Pickett. It's definitely his spot to lose going into camp. I saw something today that uh, Kevin Colbert said that Trubisky and Rudolph, he couldn't say that they were, I forget how he worded it, he couldn't say they were ha- or that they weren't upset about the draft pick, but it's kind of the same thing with Malik Willis's situation in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill saying that it's not his job to mentor him. So, Mackie, do you see that? Ryan Tannehill just said, because, well, honestly, I don't, I don't disagree with him. You don't say that, though. Yeah, but, like, he's not an Aaron Rodgers or, like, someone – he's not, like, a veteran quarterback that's on his way out. Like, he wants to be the, he wants to be the starter for the next, like, 10 years, and then you just draft a quarterback that has high potential and everyone's talking about. Like, I'd be kind of tight, too. You Dude, are playing I, for a I said, When I saw that, I was like, I, if I'm Malik Willis, I'd be like, I don't want to learn anything from you. You haven't won anything. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, like, a bad thing to say to the media, but, like, you can have that attitude. But, like, you probably shouldn't, like, portray yourself yeah, it like just, that. it just makes him look so bad because now he goes to any team with a young quarterback sitting behind him. It's like, well, now you know he's not going to help him develop. It's like, not necessarily, like, yeah, exactly. It's not their job to do that. Like, it's not Trubisky's job to help pick it right now, but they're fighting for a job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, they're Ryan fighting Tannehill, for a job. Ryan Tannehill's not this legendary quarterback who, like, should be mentoring that's what, I mean. That's what I mean. Like, no one's expecting Trubisky to be like, hey, pick it. This is what you want to do here. This is what you want to do on third down. It's like, Trubisky, you went to the playoffs one year with the Bears. You didn't win shit. So, because of the defense. <laughs> yeah. You didn't win anything. So, I don't really want you talking to pick it too much in the film room. You know what I mean? I think he, I mean, I know you were a second overall pick, but like, even in North Carolina, like, he wasn't even that crazy. I don't know how he was a second overall pick, but. Well, whoever we go with, I think Pickett's the starter, but you don't you don't spend the twentieth overall pick on a guy and not give him. No, yeah, exactly. I don't think you draft him unless you're planning on starting him. Jesse, what do you think? Steelers get Pickett. I do think Pickett's going to start. I mean, it, I think it, they're going to. It's. I think Tomlin's going to make it seem like there's a battle, but I think at the end of training camp, he's definitely going to be like Pickett starting preseason. You know, something. Around those that time, I gotta go to the first preseason game. That'll be so fun. The, so I hope it's home. Where are the tickets to that? What's that? Okay, what do the tickets cost to like preseason game? Usually, you can get them really cheap. Like, yeah, preseason's real cheap. Like twenty bucks. Yeah, you can get in for twenty bucks. You can sit down low for probably forty-five, fifty. I was gonna say like forty-five. Yeah, you can get really good seats. I mean, it's still the Steelers, you know what I mean? It's still the NFL. It's never yeah, going to be, it's it's never gonna be it's like not, a pirate game. It's, it's not really the Steelers because it's not like yeah, the, it's the, practice the squad. people you want to watch are actually playing. Yeah, it's the practice squad. Move on to a division rival, the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, uh, selecting Michigan safety, Daxon Hill, with the 31st overall pick. Bengals obviously address their issues with the offensive line via free agency, but they go out and get their safety that they needed. Obviously, everyone knew uh, the defensive backs for Cincinnati were a weak point for them. 
obviously Eli Apple. I believe they re-signed him, if I'm not mistaken. Mackie, do you know that for sure? Sorry, would you say that again? They re did the Bengals re-sign Eli Apple? I think they did. Yeah, they did. They gave him they gave him a three year deal, didn't they? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. And then they go out and draft him, so they're just looking to boost the defensive side of the ball right now. But obviously Apple the year that he had and the playoffs that he had getting torched, but he made a couple big plays, but got torched most of the playoffs. But and then Georgia becoming the first school to ever have five players selected in the first round from the defensive side of the ball in the first round. That's crazy. It just shows you how good that defense actually was. Yeah. That puts on perspective just like, okay, five of your 11 starters on defense went in the first round, and that doesn't – it's not even to say I don't know how many of the guys went in the second and third, you know what I mean, the rest of the draft. Yeah, defense was just insane. Yeah. We'll get on. Uh, Jesse, you want to get into some of this other NFL news? Yeah, lots of good stuff coming out of the NFL. New Orleans Saints signing former Pro Bowl and Super Bowl champion safety Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, going home, obviously from uh, New Orleans and played for LSU. It was kind of a matter of time before he ended up as a New Orleans Saint, I feel like. Uh, him and oh, Jar- we all knew it was coming. Yeah, him and Jarvis Landry, obviously, both eyeing up visits with the Saints. We saw couple weeks ago, Matthews, uh, or Matthew outside of the, the Saints practice facility, and then we hear the buzz of Jarvis Landry visiting there, and they draft Olave. It would be nice to get Jameis a couple of weapons and Landry and Olave. Obviously, the big question mark every year around Michael Tom- or next to Michael Thomas's name on the depth chart, never knowing what he's going to do, but yeah, Matthew lands in New Orleans, goes home, former Super Bowl champion. I think that's a it's a good move for him. I don't think too much is going to come of the Saints next year, but still think he's a you know top tier player of his position. Yeah, I just think if this team wants to make moves like this and, and sign Jarvis Landry, and well now they have Tyron Matthew, they should probably figure out something with uh, James Winston. I don't really think he should be the starting quarterback of a team that's trying to build a Super Bowl contending team. Yeah, I agree. Steelers elect not to pick up the fifth-year option on Devin Bush. Bush was slated to make $11 million in his fifth year with the Steelers. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with this one. Um, I am very glad that they elected not to pick up this deal. Sometimes, obviously, the Steelers selecting Devin Bush with the 10th overall pick a couple years ago, trading up to get him. Sometimes in the NFL, you just have to cut your losses. It hasn't worked out, whether you know you point to the ACL injury that Bush had in his second year he looked very good before the injury and kind of looked very timid uh, the past couple seasons. You know, you could blame the injury, whether it's the confidence uh, or whether it's just the actual skill that he has as an NFL linebacker. But um, sometimes you have to cut your losses in the NFL, and I'm glad that the Steelers are, you know, looking to part ways with him, obviously. But whenever I see stuff like this, like, so the Steelers release this, they're like, all right, we're not going to pick up his fifth-year deal. That doesn't give me any confidence about him in our lineup in his fourth year. You know what I mean? Like if you right, like, that's like them putting a note of confidence, like a, you know, them like, telling him he's yeah, not going to come back. He has to bet on himself, basically. If they want to, if he does good, they're willing to, you know, basically risk to have to pay him more than eleven million because if he does better than that, they're going to have to give him a deal. But. I don't know. I just feel like if they think it's the knee or the confidence, I don't. I, I I don't want him in the lineup in his fourth year, let alone his fifth year. Cardinal star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins gets suspended six games for violating the NFL's policy on performance enhancing drugs. I couldn't really find too many details on like what he actually did, um, but it went through like early this past season, something last season. He I'm said not really on, sure. He said on his Twitter that him and his team are going to be investigating what happened. Like, uh, he said he's a very holistic person about what he puts into his body, and like made a big deal about it on Twitter, and then said see you in week seven. But um, yeah, um, I couldn't really find too much about what he what they said he was taking or had in his system whenever he got the test. But I'm sure, obviously, he said whenever he finds out, he'll be very open about what it was. Yeah, I found it interesting. So. Hope to see more come out of that. All right, we'll look back at some of these uh, 
this is one thing I want to look at. Obviously, I said with Kenny Pickett being the only quarterback selected in the first two rounds, I wanted to see if the Steelers elected to go in a route other than Pickett. Uh, do either of you think that we would have seen a scenario where Pickett would have maybe gotten drafted late in the first round after the Steelers throughout the second round? Um, obviously, we saw Ritter be the second overall or the second quarterback taken. I believe he went 74th to the Falcons. Um, yeah, 74th overall to the Falcons in the third round. So no quarterback falling in the first two rounds other than Pickett. And then I uh, just wanted to do, do you guys think maybe you would have seen him go in the first or second round? Um, I know I think, obviously, I don't think Pickett would have fell to the third. I, I kind of think he would. I mean, I don't think Pickett had really anything over these other guys. Hence, like, why they were all, like, not projected to be high overall, high picks. But, like, what if you guys went with Malik Willis and... I don't know. I feel like if he wanted to, if he was, if he was that much ahead of everybody else, he would have been talked about more in that situation. I, I mean, you like, guys. I feel like it was like I don't know why I thought that they were going Malik Willis the whole time. Like I almost, basically, a lot of people were saying Pickett the entire time in Pittsburgh. Obviously, like with the connection, but like there was a lot of draft boards had us taking him and. Um, I just kind of kept ignoring it, ignoring it, because I wanted a running quarterback. But obviously, like the the jersey sale pick, and you know you're gonna put the ass in, the asses in the seats. But I don't know. I feel like you would have seen a team like Carolina, where they ended up kind of settling for a guy like Corral, or uh, I don't even know where Sam Howell went. But uh, these teams that selected guys like that, I feel like you know they would have just made a move. Like here's a third and a seventh. We'll take your you know late second round pick or whatever or two-thirds or something, and, you know, move up and get them. I mean, obviously, that's a very hypothetical situation. We're never going to be able to figure it out. But, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I feel like it's interesting any year that you see quarterbacks fall like that. But um, it'll be interesting to see if the Steelers made the pick with the right guy. Yeah, hopefully they did. Yeah, it was crazy how no quarterbacks were picked in the first two rounds, or just pick it was picked really in the first not two in rounds. The second round. Really not in the second round. Yeah. Lots of good stuff coming out of the NBA. The playoffs are in full swing. Memphis Grizzlies in the Golden State Warriors series tied one to one. John Morant goes off for 47 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists in game two victory against Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors to tie the semifinals at one game apiece. What do you guys got for this round? Obviously, John Morant with the big, uh, the huge game, uh, game two for the Warriors, 47 points, um, kind of putting the team on his back. Golden State taking game one. Um, it'll be interesting to see what comes of this series. I still like the Warriors to come out of this in six. Uh, I think the Warriors will come take game three, but uh, Mackie, I think you're on the same side. I think you like the Warriors of this series, but definitely a huge performance by John Morant in game two. Yeah, I honestly think this is over in five. I I figured Memphis was going to take one at home. I think Golden State sweeps at home. And then I, I maybe Memphis can win game five in, in Memphis. But uh, Yeah, I think it'll be 3-1. Memphis wins five at home. You think it's going to be a good game, but I don't think... I don't think Memphis matches up very well against the Warriors. Obviously, I don't know if you watched that game last night, but John Moran absolutely couldn't be stopped. So, you know, they win games like that, but he's going to have to do it every 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 other game if they want a chance. So I think he can do something, not obviously 47, 8, and 8, but I think, he, I think you have another game where he kind of does his thing and, you know, you see the high-scoring points. But and then also in that game, too, we had Memphis guard Dylan Brooks uh, getting ejected, getting uh, for a flagrant two foul that was called. Uh, that he committed on Warriors guard Gary Payton the second, who suffered a fractured left elbow on the play. Uh, looked like a pretty dirty play. I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, Brooks was ejected, obviously, and six or the Grizzlies still get the win. But obviously, he's a you know one of their better players. Obviously, Miranda's is their star, but uh, guys like Brooks and Bain have been a huge part of this Grizzlies team all year, and 
uh, when you lose a guy like that in the early on in the, in the first half, you know, it's kind of tough to hang around. But when a guy like Morant can put up 47, it definitely helps you out. Yeah, it was actually three minutes into the game. Yeah. But uh, he's not a dirty player. It, it was a bad play. He he obviously didn't mean it. But, I mean, you got to call a flagrant two there. But uh, they still pulled it out. I mean, Jaron Jackson fought, fouled out late in that game, too. Tie game, I think it was. And yeah. You know, they they battled through a lot last game. Yeah, and obviously with that uh, 47-point performance, John Morant joins LeBron James and Kobe Bryant as the only players with multiple 45-point games in the playoffs before turning 23 years old. Uh, that's some, some elite company for Ja to be joining. Yeah, good company. Yeah, that's, Love that. that's wild. I just can't even believe he's not 23 yet. That's crazy. Guys, a beast special. Yeah, definitely. Did the did the Pelicans take the wrong guy? Did they? I mean, if they would let the guy play, maybe not. <laughs> True. Guys doing windmill dunks and warmups, and he can't play. Yeah, they'd rather lose in six. I, I think he's. I think he's okay. Who was it that saying that kept saying, "If you can do that in warmups, you can give me fifteen minutes"? Exactly. I don't know who I don't know who said it, but I that's it, like I think it was um, really. Who's the ball dude? Rich Richard Jefferson that used to play with LeBron. Oh yeah. He was. He kept saying, "If you can do this in warmups, you can give me fifteen minutes." <laughs> Facts. Though. It's so true. Not though. false. Yeah. All right, let's jump over to the Heat series. The Heat leading 2-0. The Miami Heat were able to take care of business in game one on their home floor against the Philadelphia 76ers, winning 106-92. NBA Sixth Man of the Year, Tyler Harrow, goes for 25 points. Heat still without star point guard Kyle Lowry for game two. Could be without him for the next couple games. Uh, as obviously the Heat get the win tonight. I'm on their home floor against the Sixers, who are still without Embiid. Mackie, what do you think of this? Uh, you think this series could be over? I I think it may it may be too little, too late for this Sixers team. You, I mean, you can't afford giving this team two wins without Joel Embiid. It's been too slaughter fest too. So they haven't even been good games. It's just complete. The Sixers are are barely a playoff team without Joel Embiid, and that's basically who they're playing right now. So, you know, you got to you gotta come back and win two in Philly. And Joel Embiid's obviously not going to be at 100% because he's pushing this game. And he's, I think he'll play, but I don't think he should play. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even travel, not traveling with the team to Miami. There's optimism. Such a bad look. Yeah, there's optimism that he's uh, able to join his team for games three or four. And in Philly, needs to clear concussion protocols and see a doctor midweek regarding orbital fracture per Adrian Wojnarowski, so obviously things not looking good for Embiid to come back and play in Game 3. Phoenix Suns lead their series 1-0 against the Dallas Mavericks. Obviously Game 2 is going on right now. Suns winning Game 1, 121-114. Devin Booker going for 23 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Luka Doncic going for 45 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, and a losing effort for Dallas in Game 1. Um... Looks like a lot of the same for Dallas uh, and Luca as they move on uh, to the second round of the playoffs for another year. So, or really just Dallas in the playoffs with Luca, him just going off and them just not being able to get the win. Yeah, I mean this team is just awful without him. How do you? What an effort by forty-five, twelve, and eight in a losing effort. I mean this Suns team is good, but you guys got to get them some help. Yeah. Shouldn't lose a game. You shouldn't lose a game with a stat line like that. And you can't be relying on Jalen Brunson to put up forty points every night. That's not going to be a good look for your team. You're not going to get too far. Obviously, with the Suns leading yeah, I mean, one nothing, I think they're going to win again tonight to go up two zero. Obviously, we have Booker uh, over twenty four and a half points in that game. We didn't take a pick on the actual spread or anything. I didn't love the spread uh, six and a half, but I think the Suns cover it if I had to pick a side. Suns are up six right now. I think the series could be over in four, to be honest. I was going to say, I think Suns sweep them. 
very possible. I could see that. One last thing to add, the Celtics get the revenge against the Bucks in Game 2, the Eastern Conference Semifinals, defeating them 109-86. Jason Tatum going for 29 points, Jalen Brown going for 30 points, 6 for 10 from 3, and Grant Williams coming off the bench and scoring 21. Series tied at one apiece. Yeah, obviously Boston, uh, I kind of expected that uh, Game 2 comeback. I thought it would be a little bit closer of a game. I thought Boston would end up getting the win, though. Obviously, kind of winning in a large fashion. Giannis struggling in the first half. At one point, I saw a stat, and uh, his field goals were not good. He only had four points in the second quarter. Uh, the Bucks were down by 20, so obviously that's not a good look for Milwaukee, especially as they're without Middleton right now. I do still think the Bucks are able to go home, win game three, if, you know, they can kind of get their stuff back on track. Still looking to get Middleton back in the latter half of this series. So it's huge. They just get a win at home, possibly two. You know, take this one game at a time if you're Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. But obviously the Bucks had a huge performance in game one going to Boston, getting the win. So kind of catching the Celtics off guard, getting that win. So I think it's going to be a great series. This is the series that everyone wanted to see. You have obviously the highly – you know, skilled defensive players of Boston and obviously Giannis Antetokounmpo, defensive player of the year, an NBA Finals MVP and an NBA MVP uh, going up against him, just hoping he can get his uh, all-star teammate back. But, you know, I still, I, I like the Bucks to win this series personally. I, 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 I kind of disagree with that. I mean, what a series. Whoever wins it, obviously they just, the other team just – didn't get the calls or whatever, but it's just two 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 teams who are pretty much even. And I think obviously whoever wins this series is gonna win the Eastern Conference. But I think if, if Boston can steal one in Milwaukee in this next two games, then they will win this series. They just gotta get they just gotta win a game in Milwaukee. Yeah, obviously I don't think they lose another I don't think they lose another home game in Boston. Yeah, obviously they uh winning one of the Games in Milwaukee would be big. Uh, I'm interested to see what Milwaukee comes out and does in Game Three at home. Yeah, this Boston team's just really, really surprised me this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the defensive side of the ball, they're elite. Obviously, the best team in the league. But yeah, I I still think Giannis, what he's able to do, I just think for the kind of issues that he's able to cause on defense. I mean, I know the big the size that uh, Milwaukee brings. I saw something like um, the Celtics don't have a guy on their roster, I think over 6'10", and the Bucks have three guys in their starting lineup. I mean, I know sizes and everything in the NBA, but uh, it definitely helps. So um, it's not the only reason I like the Bucks, but, yeah, going with, going with Milwaukee, I think it's interesting. Like I said, I'm interested to see what they do in game three, but let's get into a little bit of MLB, a couple MLB news to talk about. New York Yankees been on a tear of late. Past 11 games, uh, well, I guess before tonight, uh, past 11 games, been on an 11-game win streak. Uh, everything's been going right for the Yankees. Um, the bats have been going. The pit, they've gotten the pitching that they've expected. Obviously, falling tonight to the Toronto Blue Jays in Toronto, you know, an elite team in Toronto who's 16-10. and 10. Uh, Yankees sitting at 18-7. and 7. Yeah, Two elite teams in baseball going out at a low-scoring game. Toronto gets the win, ends the Yankees' winning streak. But, yeah. That's Mackie. You're, I know you're not a Yankees fan. Met your Mets are you're, they're doing pretty nice right now. You're getting your pitchers back or coming back. Yeah, they're slowing down a little now, but they're having a good start to the season as they always do. They just got to keep it up for once. Yeah, the Met, the Mets. The start of the season isn't really their issue. Obviously, they lost uh, today nine to two to the Braves, but they won. They won that doubleheader yesterday, so yeah, I saw, they'll make up for yeah, it. I did see that, so. But yeah, this Yankees team is legit, and with this roster, it should be legit. But you never know with the Yankees; they always seem to slack off. But this win streak, you know, they they seem to got it. They seem to have it this year. Yeah, they definitely look really good going into the first half of the season. So it'll be interesting to see what the Yankees are able to do if they can hold up this win streak and what they're able to do, kind of going through the All Star break and obviously towards the end of the season, long season. Obviously, those eleven games are just a small percentage of the entire season but yeah like you said they look good everything's going for the Yankees right now 
Jess, you want to get into this other stuff? Yeah, let's do it. Crazy that the Yankees' win streak was killed tonight. But Trevor Bauer, two-year suspension, 324 games for his recent domestic violence and sexual assault charges against him. Yeah, two years without pay for one of the baseball's highest pitchers, obviously signing that massive deal with the Dodgers uh, to go over there a couple years ago. And now he's going to be out for two years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to come back from this two years from now and you know still be the same guy. It's obviously going to be really hard, but... Yeah, it gets two years. That's quite the suspension. Absolutely killed his career. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. if it's all true, well deserved. But yeah, it's just he won't he won't come back. I mean, you think he can come back in two years and no. dominate like the way he does now? No way. No, no, no chance. So uh, you know what? You do it to yourself. So through that. And the 2022 MLB All-Star Game will be held at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, California on July 19th, 2022. Dodger Stadium was set to be the location of the 2020 All-Star Game, but with COVID-shortened season, the game was canceled. They will get their chance to be the host for the first time in 42 years for the Dodgers organization. Should we go to this? LA in July, it'll be, it'll be a pricey ticket. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it will. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I always love the MLB All-Star weekend, I guess I would say. I don't really love the All-Star game. I really just like the home run derby, but um, any All-Star game nowadays sucks. Um, they're all just for TV, but um, the home run derby's elite, and uh, obviously at Dodger Stadium, the weather, it'll be a you know a sight to see. First, I can't believe they've, they haven't hosted in 42 years. Yeah, LA, you would think they would be pretty common. I feel like once they got to 39, they were like, let's just wait till 42 for Jackie Robinson. Like, why would we? <laughs> they were like, why would we do it at 41? Why would we do it at 40? Why would we do it at 43? Can we just have 42? Like, it's our number for everything. Can we just do it? And the MLB was like, that would be so cool. They're, they're definitely going to like. There's going to be a thing about that. it. Yeah. But. Yeah, not much else coming out of the MLB. Obviously, so much going on. It's kind of hard to talk about on a night-to-night basis. But, yeah, we'll get into our, our you know, bread and butter, the NHL playoffs, as that's what we're all watching right, or watching right now. We have Minnesota Wild Money Line tonight. They're up 3 nothing. first intermission, looking really good. Yeah, let's get into some of this NHL talk. Jesse, take it away. Let's do it, boys. A couple things that happened last week that we – Happened probably right after we recorded the podcast. Tristan Jari, the Penguins, to miss the start of the playoffs, as we saw, expected back for game three. We'll see what happens on that front. Real quick again with the Penguins, Casey DeSmith leaves the Penguins versus Rangers game in the second overtime. Louis Deming came in and helped the Penguins secure a victory in the third overtime. He's the first goaltender in NHL history to enter a game in the second overtime or later, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that's a I mean, that's a crazy stat. I don't even know if there's any any other game going like in a playoff game where yeah, I mean how many games go to two or three overtimes? I guess if you looked it up there would be a lot more than you think, but the main comes in, makes the saves needed. Obviously a very tough situation for a third string goalie to come in in that game. Madison Square Garden was buzzing game one of the series, but you know, Mal- Malkin's able to Get the tip over Shesterkin's shoulder. I said a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it, Mackie, Shesterkin waved Malkin off the it's ice. Game one. Game one. I knew, Don't get cocky. I'm not getting cocky, but I said Malkin's going to get his payback on him. Yeah, well, he can have his, his, his game. We'll take the series, too. Keep the change. Yep. We'll see. We'll see. Definitely haven't lost faith in my boys yet. They do got to pick it the fuck up, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously with the goalie situation with the Penguins right now, anything could happen in game two. It's obviously leaning Rangers with, you know, the third stringer, but any goalie gets hot, you don't want to run into them in the playoffs, not predicting that Louis Domingue is going to become some, you know, playoff, you know, phenom story, but um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens game two tomorrow night. Here's the thing. When, when Tristan Jari comes back, does he start? Yeah. Smith has been playing really well, dude. 
if the Smith doesn't start tomorrow night, I think you go to Jari game three. Correct. Yeah, and Jari also has also been the start of the entire season. Jari got you where you are. He's been out for so long, though. I mean, it's hard to put a cold goaltender in like that. Yeah, I feel like, but with him not tra- with him, you know what I mean, not playing games one and two. I feel like I don't know how close. Obviously, I'm not like a boys with Tristan Jari. I don't know how close he is to being ready, but I feel like uh, whenever they kind of set these long term, they're like he'll be back for game three. It's home. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're like, all right, he probably could play in game two. Obviously, the situation right now with the Penguins, if he could play in game two, you think they would get his ass to New York to play tomorrow night? But it'll be interesting to see what they do or what Mike Sullivan does going coming home for Game Three. Obviously, it'll be maybe a different scenario if the Penguins are up 2-0 coming home. Uh, if it's one-one, you know what I mean. They might try to get Jari to Smith back in the lineup. Yeah, if it's 2-0, you know you might you might give him the extra two days of rest. That's what I mean. They might just be like, "Hey, to Smith, you know how the cramps feeling? Can you suffer this or can you tough this out?" And if you're feeling, you know what I mean. If you even like come out of the game, it's no big deal. Give me half a game, that kind of thing, and. We'll get Jari in net at home at game four. But, you, you know what I mean? Like, you can't take any team in the NHL lightly, especially, obviously, the Rangers, a lot of these teams. Like, But it'll be a hell of a, hell of a chance if they get up 2-0. But it'll be really interesting to see what they do in that scenario. But um, The Rangers' line is already boosted tomorrow. Their they're line is 155. Wait, you said it's boosted? Well, like it's like they're just like it was. It was minus one thirty-five for the first game. So oh, 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 oh! I thought you meant the. I thought you mean you were finding like an odds boost on the Rangers to win. I was gonna be like, what? oh no, 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 no! That's not what I meant. Okay, yeah, I know what you mean. But uh, what, what, what do you have the Penguins sitting at? What's the what are the what's the plus one plus one thirty? <sighs> I mean, you're obviously gonna take that. I don't know. Any Penguins fan would at, at plus one thirty odds. I mean, I probably will, but I don't know. Scary. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't have much faith in my Rangers right now. After that game, they just—you guys just dominated us. Through the first period, we were t- when I texted you, I thought it was gonna be. I thought you guys were gonna win four nothing. So I thought it was. I thought we were gonna dominate. The second period, it was seventeen to three in shots at one point in the second period. It's great. It's crazy how in the NHL you can flip a switch and a team just starts to dominate like that. Like they can go from doing nothing in the first period to second and third period, team takes over, and obviously we ends up winning way later on, forty five minutes later in overtime. But <laughs> just a crazy game. Basically played two games. You look at the ice time that like Latang and Fox and. All those guys. Dude, it, was, it was north of 40 minutes. Yeah, Latang was like 44. I think Fox was 43. He was right behind them. It was crazy. Some of the it was all defense. Well, the Rangers were down to five guys after Lindgren, Lindgren, yeah, Lindgren got thrown out for the hit on Raquel. Yeah. Yeah, those defensemen were gassed. You could tell, too. Yeah. Losing one of your top defensemen, too. That was huge. How's Ricard Raquel? How's he doing? I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I, I don't think he's, concussed. Yeah, I don't he's, think he's playing be. the rest of the series. Did you yeah. see him? He, he he had no idea where he was. Yeah, he's not playing the rest of this series. I guarantee that. Did they say anything? Did Lindgren get a fine or anything on that or what? No. Not not yet, but I honestly don't think he should. Yeah. Well, wasn't it a two minute two minute penalty? It was a two minute penalty, but now everyone they keep looking at videos saying the like the head contact. He's gonna get fined for the head contact probably. But he didn't leave his. It's not like he left his feet. He had his head down. Well, at the point of contact, he was in the air. No, he wasn't. Yeah, his foot was. I've seen it a thousand times. No, he wasn't. Yeah, dude, I'll pull up the video right now. You want me to? After contact, he his feet left left the ground, but it was, it was, it was a shoulder to supposed to be a an, chest. It was an elbow to chin hit. There was there was no elbow involved whatsoever. Dude, his arm hit him in the face. I don't think he'll get fined. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but... Yeah, some other things we got to add here in the NHL. McDavid winning the Art Ross, the seventh player... Becoming the seventh player to win it four times. Gretzky, Gordie Howe, and Mary Lemieux are some other names on that list. Matthews winning the Rocket Richard, second year in a row. 
first American-born player to score 60 goals this season. I didn't know he went last year. Mm, yeah. What do, you, what do you have, like 55 last I think year? He had 57. Because <laughs> he was basically, everyone was like, is he going to get 60? Is he going to get 60? And then this year when he got close, they were like, oh, yeah, he's getting 60. He got 60 and he missed eight games. That's crazy. No, he missed eight games. Mm-hmm. Damn, the guy just lit it up. Some more injuries. Capitals forward Tom Wilson with a lower body injury will be a game-time decision for Game 2 versus the Panthers tomorrow night. As we know, UC Soros to miss Game 1 and 2 versus the Avalanche due to a left leg injury. Nashville struggles in Game 1 versus Colorado, losing 7-2. to two. They're really hoping to get him back because I think they really need him. Yeah, they need him bad. They looked terrible yesterday. Yeah, it was 3-0 um, before they could even think about it. That's kind of exactly how yeah, I thought the series was going to go, though. I think they're, they're going to get swept. They probably are at this point. Yeah, Colorado. I can't believe Stars is going to come in and play a spectacular game, first game back. That's just such a kick in the dick but, for the year that Saros had. He was so good all year. Right. I'd be pissed if I was Saros. I agree. It's a, it's a shame. Well, it's the same thing as like Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid had an insane year. Now he can't even play. And the Montreal Canadiens star goaltender Carey Price explains how he doesn't believe his current state would be sustainable for an entire NHL season. He tells TSN. Yeah, I is this the end of Carey Price? I, I saw that and I was like, yeah, but with the situation that he went through last year, obviously missing a lot of games for you know mental reasons, just saying he needed to take time away from the game. Uh, yeah, I think this could be you know we see him retire at some point this off season. Yeah, I think he should at this point just get out of there. This team's rebuilding. You know, you had your run. I just can't believe that. Yeah, definitely cannot is a good believe time. they went to the cup last year. I was thinking about that earlier today. And then they won. They were the worst team in the league this yeah. year. Crazy. That's the that's the NHL though. It's the the way the bracket was set up. How they had to go through the Canadian bracket, and then they just had to beat. And then they just stunned Vegas, and then they won. They were in the cup. Yeah, because Vegas beat Colorado. Yeah, they just stunned. They just had to beat Vegas. Really. Alrighty, let's. Jump into these series a little bit more. The Capitals taking game one in the Sunshine State against the Florida Panthers, defeating them 4-2. to two. Game-winning goal by TJ Oshie. It's going to be an interesting series. You know, I thought the Panthers would really come out and dominate off the bat, but Capitals here are showing their mark for sure. Yeah, obviously the Capitals come out and get game one. We had the over on that game, not getting the, the hit on it. I wish it was six. We would have gotten the push, but... Um, it's all right. We'll be back. But yeah, as you said, I thought the Panthers would come out and kind of dominate in game one and two on home ice, but, um, I think you're going to see a slaughtering in game two. Yeah, I, I, I could see a nice minus one and a half line on that, but, uh, well, you know, Cap just Cap showed out. They, they, they didn't even get like outshot. They dominated the game for the most part, you know, they, this team's good. This team's used to being in the playoffs. You know, you could see something here. Yeah, I think I still think Florida wins this series. I definitely think Florida wins this series, but I don't know. It's the NHL. We've we've seen we've seen Tampa get swept by Columbus in the first round. So, Capitals are definitely putting up more of a fight than I thought. Yeah, Florida's an inexperienced team, so you never know. Alrighty. Next, the Calgary Flames take game one of the first round series against the Dallas Stars, defeating them one to nothing with the lone goal co- coming from Elias Lindholm. Jacob Marstrom gets the shutout for Calgary with just 16 shots faced. No shots in this game. It was kind of wild just compared to everything else. I thought I, you know, there was a lot of other shots in all the other games. Yeah, it's a crazy defensive game. This should be a good series, actually. Calgary is obviously a powerhouse of a team, but they're not used to being in situations like this with, you know, Johnny Goudreau, Kachuk. These guys aren't never never been in the playoffs before. So, you know, Markstrom's obviously a really good goalie. So you got a good goalie behind you in a to make a playoff run. But Stars are not weak. 
So it should be a good series. I think Flames come out on top, maybe in six games, but Dallas will get their wins. Make it respectable. I think Calgary wins a series. Yeah, I've, um, I'm with you right there. I think Calgary wins a series. I think it's a little uh, more in Calgary's favor. I think they win the second five. I think Dallas is able to take one of their home games. Uh, Dallas will, or Calgary will complete the gentleman's sweep at home in game five of Dallas. Yeah, it's going to be a better series than I expected. Um, I'm happy that Dallas was able to pick it up and Otten, give the Otten Flames a good, good opponent. I Dude, agree. a beast. Yeah. Robertson, like you said, Mackie, Dallas has the players. I just feel like, like you said, Calgary's a really good team, and I think Markstrom and, uh, and Nett, you know, getting 16 shots on net, you're not going to win a hockey game like that, but Ottinger only let up, letting up one goal is definitely a plus. Yeah, I mean, it was a defensive battle, a goaltender battle. It will be all series, I think. And we already talked about the Penguins and Rangers a little bit. The Penguins leading the series one nothing. Game 2 tomorrow in New York. Preds and Avs. Avs leading one nothing. Game 2 tomorrow in Colorado. Currently going on, we got the Bruins and Hurricanes finishing up with the Hurricanes winning 5-2. Carolina now leading 2-0. Lightning and Maple Leafs. Lightning winning 5-3 tonight. Series tied at 1. And the Wild leading 5-0. St. Louis leading the series one to nothing. The Wild are looking to tie up the series at one here. Kings and Oilers tied at zero late in the first. Kings lead the series one nothing. Oilers looking to tie as well. Yeah, Oilers could be in trouble here. You know, every year they blow it every year. McDavid's got to figure something out. Yeah, if Edmonton loses this series. What do they What do they do with him? He's got to He's got to like demand a trade at some yeah. point. I mean, when they don't win the cup this year, I'd demand a trade if I were him. I'd be like, I'm too good to be here. He's coming to New York. Yeah, I feel like him. Him and yeah. Panarin. Yeah. I don't know where. I don't Dude, know where he would go. Nah, he'd probably like stay in Canada. That's what I would think. I think he would just be like, send me to Toronto. I demand it. Nah, he would not go to Toronto. You can't put him in Toronto. Batman would, like, veto that. That would be crazy, dude. I would hate it because we'd have to play them, but it would be crazy to watch. <laughs> they'd win, like, they'd win like back they'd, to back they'd, to back. I was going to say, they'd, do like, they'd have the Golden State Warriors record, 73-9. and nine. <laughs> 73-5-4. Yeah, they lost four games in overtime. No big deal. Matthews, Matthews, the first American player to get 100 goals. <laughs> yeah, literally. David. He would. He would actually have probably like 85 yeah, goals. At least he would have like a Team Mussolini year, like the 70. Didn't he get 70 one year? Yeah. Yeah, Solani did. I think his rookie yeah, his year he got seventy. Year. That's disgusting. Yeah, but the league was fucking terrible. Yeah, he was ahead of his yeah. time. Looks like that's it. That's all I got, boys. What are you thinking? Yeah, you know, a lot going on. Did we, we covered it all? Yeah, that's it for me. I uh, got through everything we want to talk about. Obviously, NFL draft, NHL, NBA playoffs. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned next week. Stay tuned to the social media. It's looking like Wild Money Line could be a nice little play tonight. Up 4 nothing right now. I know Jesse said 5 nothing. Looks like that got called back or something. But, yeah, whenever yeah. I looked over, I saw the lights and the horn was going off. But then they never switched the 4 to the 5, so I was confused. But 4 nothing right now. So, Wild Money Line tonight. Only play. Uh, and then we got Devin Booker tonight. I don't know how many points he has currently, but... Seven. seven so three of five shooting okay okay all right book let's get a couple threes in here get, get you to the, get you, yeah you know you gotta get to like get 11 you to, get you to the free throw line and we'll be looking good that's it for me thanks for listening we'll see you next week and that's gonna do it for us this week on hit the books podcast thank you for all the support week in and week out 
please be sure to share and check out our various social media platforms and check out our website. All the info is located in our link tree in the description below. And always remember to hit the books.